Hey there, literary fans, and welcome to episode 116 of Jeff Reads' his book. I'm your host, Jeff, and today we'll be reading chapter 22 of Powerless, a book I wrote in a month. So if you want to get in touch with me, head on over to jeffreadshisbook.com. There's a few ways right there you can reach me, and we'll go over those at the end of the episode. But while you're there, more importantly, why not consider buying one of these terrible books I wrote? That's right, folks. There are two books for sale. That's right. Um, what are they? Offworlder and Bringing Balance. They're both pretty bad. But buy them. They'll look nice on a bookshelf. You can tell them you heard about, tell people what? You heard about them on a podcast and they're self-published and really not edited at all and have real weak plots and aren't particularly good or interesting or, you know, the character development kind of stinks or um, you don't like the author and you bought him out of spite so that later today you can light him on fire and send him a video. And if you want to send that video, head on over to jeffreadsbook.com. Three ways right there. Okay, yes. How's everybody doing today? Uh, right now it's a Wednesday. I'm a little late getting this recording started as usual, but, you know, this week's been a mess. Uh, I got a roof put on my house, a new one. Not that I didn't have one before, but this one's new. Uh, that took a whole shit ton of time, what, yesterday, and it was so freaking loud. But it's done, and it looks pretty, and I haven't had to pay for the whole thing yet, so that's nice. <laughs> uh, but that's been taking up a lot of time. My weekends have been pretty much shot lately, but uh, trying to get back into the swing of things. Soccer is rapidly approaching, what do I want to say, winter shutdown, you know what I mean? We're running out of time to play soccer. I do that outside, if I haven't mentioned that before on the podcast. And I'm pretty sure I have. Um, yeah, that's what's happening. I'm still uh, I'm still sticking with beer lately. We're going to go over that once we get into the episode. Uh, but nothing else has been happening. It's been dull, other than like... You know, work stuff. Not much going on. Wow, that was really boring. I think uh, the most exciting thing was Laura and I got pizza last night. That's fun. <laughs> yes, the lovely Laura and I decided... Uh, I was supposed to go to like a fundraising dinner yesterday, but then because the roofers were here till all hours of the night, I decided I would just get pizza near home. And, you know, if I need to give money to the fundraising, I'll just give money to the fundraising. Easy. But, uh, yeah, that's what's happening right now. Um... Anywho, uh, why don't we just start talking? I feel like I'm really struggling for small talk today, so why don't we just start talking about this goddamn stupid chapter we're going to read. You know, I should say that I feel like I haven't recorded one of these in goddamn weeks, and that might actually be true. Because remember, I didn't release one, and then I edited the one that I had recorded when I realized I didn't release one, and then it's just been like three weeks, I feel like, and that stinks. But, I mean, at this rate, maybe we can squeeze it into the next year, which I doubt, but we'll, we'll see. You know what I mean? Uh, all right. So today, we're looking at chapter 22. It's a whopping 165 lines. Uh, this one, the only note I wrote is I can't tell anything about it. It doesn't look like it's going to be good. It's going to be pretty boring, in fact, I think. 
Um, a little bit more of like uh, talking about Margot's paranoia with everybody, with everybody out to get her. Well, mostly just magistrates, like the evil creature creatures, evil organization in this book or whatever, in all the books, I guess. I don't know. So anywho, she's trying to like, she's acting like a fool, you know, and Henry's trying to play it cool. And um, if it's been too long since you've heard a podcast, if you remember, they were going to Flebin's Run to see what happened to another like, uh, what, temple style settlement like where they live and pretty weak premise. (laughs) But we are getting towards the end of the book. So this is going to wrap up pretty quick now. We got we got some loose ends. Do we have any loose ends? I take that back. We know how the book will have to end, right? This predates Bringing Balance. And we know where Bringing Balance starts. So this is kind of like Rogue One, just shoehorned in. <laughs> okay, why don't we start reading? Uh, we'll just go ahead and dive in to Chapter 22. So for today's episode, I am going to be sipping on a great Larry... Should I try that again? I'm not going to try it again. One take, right? I'm going to be sipping on a Great Lakes Crushworthy. Um, It's a locale citrus wheat beer, and it is delicious. Pardon the can. All right. Yeah, yeah. Um, This past week, I was actually doing some uh, Yingling Light. It was okay. At first, when I first had one, I'm like, this kind of sucks. But it grew on me as I drank them. I don't know. Not bad. I'm trying to stick to the light beers lately. Um, I will say I haven't been drunk in forever because these light beers are, well, they're light. (laughs) But uh, I think I've had this one on the podcast before. Mm. Mm. It's like a less obnoxious um, blue moon or something. Maybe a little closer to a summer shandy, you know, from uh, Lining Klugel, but... Not as, like, uh, atrociously lemonade or whatever. So it's good. It's good. You guys should drink it. Yeah. All right. Why don't we get started in reading this piece of shit? I apologize to listeners, though. I feel like, God, my small talk at the beginning of these episodes has just been off. I guess I'm just boring. I think that's it. Margot was both relieved and anxious as they approached the outskirts of Flebin's Run. Though the moon illuminated the clear sky this evening, she smiled widely at the illuminated buildings in the small town. Wow. Illuminated. I was like, I'm really hitting the setting real nice until illuminated showed up twice. (laughs) She hoped they would be able to secure a room for the evening. She longed for the indoors, and she wasn't sure her hips would accept anything but a bed after the long walk. And her hips don't lie. The main street through town was lined with shops, taverns, and a handful of inns that showed promise. Do all, like, taverns in, do I want to say medieval times? I don't know, like, medieval times or fantasy novels, do they always have rooms for rent? Do they? I don't know. Right into the show, jeffreadsbook.com. The mainstream lifetime, blah, blah. The earlier report yesterday of Tahir not being rooms here worried her. (laughs) This sucks. (laughs) She hoped, though, that most of the magistrates had left. The streets, though well lit, seemed rather empty. Nobody is outside, she told Henry. 
Did I read that right? The streets, though well lit, seemed empty. Nobody is outside, she told Henry. As if right, as if on cue, a yell rang out behind them. You two, over there! Stop right now! Ooh, that really, like, uh, I might have been too loud there. Sorry, people. Uh, where was I? Margot turned to find a... Is my voice breaking more than usual? I feel like it is. I'll have some beer. That should fix it. Hmm. Margot turned to find a soldier walking briskly towards them, his right hand resting on the hilt of a sword. Margot's instincts was to flee, but Henry grabbed her arm, settling her. She still hoped, though, that Henry was prepared to defend them. "'What are you doing outside?' the soldier demanded. Another was now approaching from the other direction." We just arrived in town, and we're looking for a room for the night, Henry explained. I was kind of reading that like Margot would have said it. Ah, well, whatever. The soldier considered him silently for a moment, and Margot turned to find the second soldier approaching with his hand on his sword hilt as well. I thought the other one had his hund on a sword hilt. Well, whatever. She calmed slightly when he walked over to the original soldier, That's some great descriptions. (laughs) What's wrong, he asked. These two said they just arrived in town. Didn't know about the curfew, he said. Ooh, a curfew. The new soldier looked at the pair, and Margot forced a nervous smile. You walked here? Margot nodded, saying, There was no traffic on the road. Nobody to give us a ride. The new soldier nodded. Yeah, I bet the roads are pretty empty. The new soldier. Okay, all right. I'm bringing them in, the first soldier said, surprising Margot. Gerald, groaned the second, looking up at the sky. Please, we're just trying to get a room for the night, Margot pleaded. Please, we're just trying to get a room for the night, Margot pleaded better this time. You're just going to an inn? You're not coming out again? The second asked. No, I just want dinner and sleep, Margot said. A little bit whiny, but not a full plead this time. (laughs) Gerald, let's just bring them to the Bouncing Badger. That's a good name for an inn, huh? (laughs) The second said. Turning to Margot, he said, It's quite nice, and they should have rooms tonight. Last night, you would have been out of luck. Jeff is out of luck because he has to page down. Fine, you take them, the first soldier said and stormed off like a little bitch. Thank you, Margot said. Ah, he's just a little ornery, the second soldier explained. We've had a long couple of days. What's going on, Henry asked as the soldier waved them to follow. Magic stuff, the soldier said, almost uninterested, much like my readers. Some problem with a bunch of mages outside of town. We arrived last night to help the magistrates' mages. They always have some sort of feud. Seems like it, Henry said, nodding. Well, you folks should be fine right here, the soldier said as he stopped in front of an inn. Sorry about the trouble. Thank you for your help, Henry said. And the couple entered the inn. Beer entered Jeff's throat, because it's a drinking break. 
Nom nom nom. Henry immediately liked the soldier's suggested inn. Should I have said, like, uh, small talk in that drinking break? Well, I didn't, so here we go. The dining room and bar area of the bouncing badger was mostly empty. <laughs> bar area, huh? Three civilian guests sat at one table, and a handful of red cloaks sat at another. The bartender, leaning against the far end of the bar chatting with the cook and a barmaid, seemed surprised when he and Margot had appeared inside the door. This does look nice, Henry said, smiling. The room felt warm and inviting. We were lucky out there, but I don't like the look of that table, Margot said. Probably sticky, right? And lots of, like, they, they didn't, the, uh, the, um... Oh, this would have been better if I knew my restaurant employment positions. Who's the guy? Busboy. That's what I wanted. Busboy. Probably the busboy didn't clean it off very well, right? Mm -hmm. You know, there's like ketchup on it. I bet that's what she doesn't like about it. Um, okay, Henry sighed. I think we're more than fine here. Can I help you folks? The bartender asked. Do you have rooms available for tonight? Henry asked. The bartender laughed. Tonight, plenty, sir. Ha! How do you even come to be here this evening? We've been traveling all day, Henry explained. There was no traffic into town, so we've walked for a while. Find a seat in that case, the bartender said with a comforting smile. These bars in this world, the world of magic, they seem pretty nice, don't they? I'll have dinner brought out in a moment. Ooh! All right, Henry sat down at a regular table, far from the magistrate's mages, who seemed far more subdued than the soldiers at the last inn they had tried. Yes, remember last night, if you think back weeks ago from that episode, and they were just, uh, it was rowdy, and they were kind of being dickweeds a little bit, but just drunk ones, I don't know. I don't know. It wasn't a very good chapter. <laughs> Ah, Henry sat down. Okay, okay. Margot sat across from him, frowning. What's the matter? Henry asked, genuinely confused. She leaned in close and said, Don't you think this could be a trap? Henry thought about it for a moment. The soldier has a soldier had suggested the inn, and there were mages staying here, apparently. But there was no reason to suspect either him or her for any reason. A lot of reasons. Yeah. No, he responded. I don't think it's a trap. We should have sat closer to them to find out what they're up to, she said, looking over at the mages. Your table choice made no sense. That's like when Laura, the lovely Laura, parks her car, and it makes no sense. She parks, she finds random spots. Lovely Laura, do you like me saying that in the podcast? <laughs> she doesn't. I'm just guessing. Oh, well, I'm going to leave it in. I think it's... Uh, she parks well. She just, you know, she likes to leave herself room on each side. That's all. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, though, that was like that. My thinking of her parking randomly is exaggerated by the fact that I used to drive, you know, a 17-year-old Saturn. And I would on purpose park it in tight spots so people couldn't get into their cars. Okay. So, here we go. It's nice to have a car you don't care about somebody banging their door into. Henry, yeah, yeah, yeah. We should say, yeah, yeah. Henry looked at Margot confused. 
They were arguably safer than they had been in the last two days. Two days, Jesus. Yet she was still on edge, plotting and scheming. He covered her hands with his, saying, Margot, let's just try to rest tonight. I don't think anyone is out to get us. I thought that was going to be like a little more romantic because of the hands thing. Oh, well. Fine. She was fine. She responded with a forced smile after Jeff read the rest of that sentence. Henry could tell when she wasn't actually happy. But tomorrow we are on the case, just like Nancy Drew, if we're not taken during the night. Just like, um, who gets taken during the night? Uh, Christians in the rapture. There we go, huh? Henry was going to respond, but dinner, have you ever heard of the rapture? It's in this, uh, I read it in a book called the Bible, I think. I don't know. I actually didn't read it. So, <laughs> you know what I did read with those? Um, I read the first Left Behind series book called Left Behind, and uh, the one they made into a movie with Kirk Cameron. Yeah, don't bother. It's not good. <laughs> anyway, I have some preemptive drinking break beer. Um. Henry was going to respond, but dinner and drinks arrived, and the barmaid also placed a key in front of Henry. He thanked her for her help before she walked back to the end of the bar to chat with the owner in the absence of customers. Everybody noticed that he didn't give her a tip. Henry was shoveling beef stew into his mouth when Margot grabbed his wrist. He looked up. Oh, beef stew. God damn. I feel like there hasn't been a lot of stew in this book, but there you go. Finally, we got some stew. Uh, he looked up to find her looking down at the table. She whispered, They're leaving. Henry glanced around the room and saw the magistrate's men were indeed getting up from their table, spelled wrong. Oh, they, from they are table? God damn it. He ate the stew that laid on his spoon. <laughs> Wouldn't it just be in his spoon? And watched as they politely pushed chairs in and headed for the uh, corner of the for the a corner of the room where the stairs to the boarding rooms were. That might be the worst sentence ever written in the history of mankind. One caught Henry's eye, and Henry nodded. The gesture was returned, and the six men disappeared from the room. They might be preparing a trap, Margot whispered. I think they're just going to bed, Henry said. What's gotten into you? Oh, so they're raiding a magic settlement just like ours and taking anyone who disobeyed prisoner doesn't bother you? Ugh, bothers me. You know what I'm saying? Right, Henry, you douche? Sure, but he started. When Margot eyed him angrily, he added, they're just going to bed. Margot leaned back in her chair, looking away and crossing her arms. Henry wasn't sure why she was so concerned, but he didn't want her angry and upset all evening. Do you want me to check on our room, he asked, putting, down, putting his spoon down. Jeff took a drink on a fake drinking break. Mm. Mm. I know it's fake because there's another one, another sentence. Here we go. No, by all means, finish eating, she said without looking at him. Henry, was, Henry sighed. He was hungry and he was tired. He decided to finish eating. Now it's a real drinking break! Yay! Margot followed Henry up the stairs after dinner. 
She had eaten grudgingly. I hear that with the beef stew. (laughs) And only after Henry reminded her that tomorrow would almost certainly be a long day. She was highly annoyed, though, at his flippant attitude this evening. Not only were they nearly arrested upon arrival in Freben's Run, they were now, at best, sleeping feet from magistrate's agents at the suggestion of a magistrate's soldier. Ooh, scary! I'm going to scroll down. We're almost done with this chapter already. Am I going fast, people? Right into the show! JeffReadsBook.com, tell me how fast I'm going. That was kind of fast, I think. Henry had continued to stress that nothing was afoot, except his freaking athlete's foot. Am I right? Oh, but Margot thought more caution was necessary. They were sleeping in a now hostile town, a few feet away from people who would love to take them into custody. Henry, though, seemed as if he couldn't be bothered by these facts. Their door was the closest to the staircase, which calmed Margot slightly. They would be able to open it and go sledding down it. (laughs) It would be easiest to flee from here if necessary. They could do that on their butts. Did you ever do that when you were a kid, like sit on your butt and scoot down the stairs? I feel like it's not a fun activity, but we did it anyway. Hmm. When I was in college, we used to take boxes and actually sled down the stairs. That didn't go well. She leaned behind Henry to whisper in his ear, Be careful, as he unlocked their door. He opened it without hesitation and walked in. With his arms out, he spun around in the center of the open floor in what Margot thought was indeed a delightful room. See, there is nothing wrong, he said upon stopping. Margot frowned at him. You'll set some protections tonight, she simply said as she walked to the bed to remove her shoes. We are not staying in a friendly town right now. Henry dropped his arms and walked over to the door to close it and lock it. As he did so, he asked, I thought... That's a weird misspelling. I think it's just missing the G. I thought the townsfolk would love the local mages here. Is that not the case? Margot had heard some reports from Freven's run and thought otherwise. These mages didn't seem to be as well paid, she explained. Ah, they probably have... um, Maybe it's a, a right-to-work town, right? Isn't that uh, that fake phrase that means unions can't do anything? Whatever. <laughs> and let's keep reading. After some beer. The, me, 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 she explained, I think some people in town considered them a burden. A burden, Henry asked incredulous, incredulously? A burden, Henry asked incredulously more. They were poor, I suppose, Margot explained. I think they didn't spend much money in town. Henry walked over and sat down on the bed next to Margot, rubbing his eyes. So what you're saying, he said, is that the people of this town weren't particularly fond of them. Margot saw where he was leading her, and she wasn't pleased. If you're trying to say that maybe the magistrates aren't a problem here, she said, trailing off. He leaned back, supporting himself on his arms. There's a lot of typos in this chapter. Looking at the ceiling, he was I was probably getting like frustrated. We're probably on like seven days to complete the book, and I was just blasting words onto the page. Not that that's not what I do normally. No. 
Looking at the ceiling, he said, do you think it's a finished ceiling? Probably not in the world of magic. Looking at the ceiling, he said, no, that's not what I am saying. Margot thought he sounded frustrated. I am saying that the townsfolk might think that the magistrates are a good thing. Who would ever think that, Margot said, now standing and throwing her arms up. Margot, quiet, Henry said softly. Don't you remember who the other guests are? Margot was frustrated with Henry. I was frustrated with this terrible book. She hated when he presented what was clearly the wrong opinion. Can you please just set some wards on the door? I just want to go to sleep, she said exasperated. She felt so tired. And that ends chapter 22. So what did I tell you? That chapter was pretty freaking dull. Basically nothing happened in it. I mean, what? They went and got a room at an inn, right? They got in some trouble, but not much. I guess what we're trying to show here is that Margot is being uh, insufferable, maybe. That might be how to describe it, right? She is being a real pain in the ass. <laughs> Everything is a problem with her lately, and it's not cool. I wouldn't want to hang out with Margot right now. Yeah, she's being a big pain in the butt. Yeah, yeah and you're out to get us. I mean, that's some... Some serious, like, paranoia there. Uh, I mean, they are out to get her, so I guess it might be justified. But, <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't great. Uh, Henry, uh, he didn't really do anything to make you hate him this chapter, I suppose. But all they did was get into town, go to an inn, have dinner, go to bed. And not even in, like, a fun and sexy way, right? I guess Margot took off her shoes if you're in defeat. <laughs> then you got that going for you, right? <laughs> They're probably really sweaty, too, if you're in defeat in that way. Yeah, because they were walking all day, right? Oof. Blech. <laughs> I don't know. It was okay. I don't... You know, I had a lot of trouble trying to come up with discussion questions. Because the only thing of note to really mention was, like, beef stew. I mean... <laughs> kind of a bummer. I feel like the lack of customers... Um, very much like uh, the pandemic times, huh? Right? Maybe, I don't know, maybe early on when people thought they might die and, you know, not lately because, you know, everybody's going out is either vaccinated or doesn't give a shit. Yeah. So fucking get a vaccine, you bitches. All right. Let's do some discussion questions in that case because I don't have much to say about this chapter either. That's not a good sign for this book that I can't come up with things to talk about. All we're showing, I guess, right now is that Henry is getting increasingly irritated with Margot and vice versa. I think that's really the point of, what, the whole book, maybe? Yeah, I think so. All right, so question one, they get caught by some, you know, soldiers who said they're violating a curfew. Have you ever violated a curfew, huh? That's a fun one. And, uh, you know, we'll open that up to be like an official one, like if you live somewhere that would have an official curfew. And if you do, I'm sorry. That sucks. Uh, if you don't, um, you know, it could just be your parents' curfew. See, I don't really have a good one for this, a good story, because I didn't really... My parents never, like, gave me a curfew. I guess I was too goody two-shoes, so I think they were more excited I left the house, and you know, as opposed to telling me I had to be back by midnight and stuff. And on top of that, I wasn't a girl, so I wasn't out on, like, dates, and there was no... 
Wow. So you're just girls go on dates? That shows a drastic misunderstanding of how dating works. But uh, I think you know what I mean. Like, um, let's face it, like fathers are going to be a little stricter with their daughters. And I guess I don't have anything else to say about it. I feel like I'm going <laughs> to say something I regret. And you know, I don't want to edit this. So let's just move on. <laughs> have you ever violated a curfew? I think that's a good question. Yeah. I just never had one. I bet my sisters had them. Because, you know, the, the middle sister, woo, she was, she was a little handful in high school, huh? Mm. Okay, okay. Question two. So they go up to their room, which sounds pretty big, am I right? He can, like, put his arms out and spin around. That's a nice room. Right? We're not talking some... Uh, well, I was going to say like a Red Roof Inn, but their rooms are pretty big. I Maybe I more mean like boutique hotel where you're paying like, I don't know, like $300 US a night and you go into your room and the bed barely fits there and it's all wicked expensive because you're staying in Toronto and that city is pricey. But then you think about it and you're like, well, it's 300 Canadian. So that's like, I don't know, a tenth of what American money is. I'm just kidding, Canadians. Although... You do have freaking animals on your money that, you know, come on, come on, right? There's ducks on it. It's not real money. Uh, but what I'm trying to say is big room, right? But that's not the question, right? So then after they get in there, Margot tells them to freaking lock the door and do some magic on the door so nobody can sneak in, which is kind of implied magic, but no actual magic taking place in this episode. My question is, when you stay at a hotel, do you do all the door locks on the hotel door? This is a real question. I know that I do, right? So, like, in let's say you're going to the Hilton Garden Inn, right? And they got, uh, when you shut the door, it's locked, right? Nobody can get in from the outside. But then, most of these doors, they'll have, like, the deadbolt switch above the handle. So I flip that. I don't know what the point of that is, because... What, is somebody going to bust it down and that thing's going to stop them? I feel like that's not going to help that much. And then you have that, uh, the, the, what is it, the little flippy latch thing. I mean, I guess back in the day it would have been like the chain that you slide across the slider. But uh, these are like metal, you know, they're like a big, long metal, whatever, thing that you flip over and it fits in that ball thing. So when you try to open the door, that'll catch it. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Don't look at me like that. Yeah, see, the, the live studio audience, they're all nodding along. Yeah, they know what I'm saying. Yeah, do you flip all those when you go to a hotel? Huh? Yeah, that seems like a lifetime ago. I don't know when the last time was I was in a hotel. Oh, my God. Yeah, that'd be nice to travel somewhere I want to be. Doesn't that sound fun? But, uh, yeah, what do you, what's your stance on the hotel room doors? Or do you, like, take it a step further than that? Like, leave your suitcases in front of it while you sleep in case somebody does try to break it down and they trip over your freaking uh, Walmart special freaking uh, rolling wheel carry-on that you brought with you to your business conference and you don't want anybody getting in because you're afraid the cleaning lady will be able to open the door anyway and you got, like, I don't know, you sleep in the nude, I guess? <laughs> is that what the problem is? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, right into the show. If you got some answers to these discussion questions, you head over to jeffreadsbook.com. Right there, there's three ways to contact me. Uh, you can hit me up via email at jeff at rainbow 
100.com. Or you can hit me up on Mastodon on a very similar address at jeff at toot.rainbow-100.com. Or you can hit me up on Twitter at Fortran Jeff. Ooh, that's so exciting. And, you know, speaking of exciting, tell your friends about this show because it's going to end soon and that'd be fun to have like a whole bunch of listeners for the next, what, seven episodes that are left. <laughs> what a bummer. I suppose I could write a book in November, but I don't know about that. <sighs> I'm exhausted. We'll see. We'll see. I'm not going to say no, which is an improvement since, what, last podcast where I said, oh my God, I better, I'm not going to write a book, but uh, whatever. Anyway, I guess that about does it. I got like half a beer to drink. Um, I got some work to do before my day kind of wraps up here. So until next time, keep on reading. (laughs) 